0: Now, it's time to get the latest from the quarterback of the pack, Aaron Rodgers. It's Tuesdays with Aaron. Here's your host, Jason Wilde. It is the Aaron Rodgers show. So, how you doing?
1: I'd say this is a highly anticipated show today.
0: (laughs) Highly anticipated by you or everyone else? Yeah, both. Um, so anything interesting happened to you in the last 24 hours? I haven't been really following the news much.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I saw some on Twitter about it.
0: <laughs> what, um, I mean, let's, I, I don't want to spend the whole show talking about this, but I, I think we probably should start with it. Um, I guess start with, just take us through what you saw and experienced last night, starting with Russell Wilson taking the fourth and ten snap on, uh, on the final play of the game.
1: I mean, I even want to go, I just want to, before we even get into that, I think that just hey, it's your show. some stuff just needs to be said. I think, first of all, i, I got to do something that the NFL is not going to do, and I have to apologize to the fans because this is, you know, the, our sport is generated, the multi-billion-dollar machine is generated by people who pay good money to come watch us play. And the product that's on the field um, is not being uh, complimented by an appropriate uh, set of officials uh, the games are getting out of control and like i said in the first week i i, mean, I said this i said I'm, I'm okay with replacement refs as long as they don't have a direct impact on the game mm-hmm. obviously last night um there was a direct impact on the game and multiple plays that we'll get into but you know my thing is yeah, I just feel bad for the fans cuz they're paying good money to watch this. The game is being tarnished by um an NFL who obviously cares more about um you know, saving some money um uh, than uh than having the integrity of the game diminished a little bit. But like let's let's remember who we're dealing with. We're dealing with an NFL who locked out the players and said, you know, we're going to stand firm in our position. Um I don't think any any owner would be too upset about the deal that was fi- finally agreed to by both sides um, but this is the NFL who locked the players out and basically said to cities like Green Bay who much of our economy out here relies on those 10 home games and the and the revenue that's generated through the you know hundreds of thousands of people who come through uh, each week to either watch the game or be around the stadium um, this is you know an NFL who um, you know gambled, on some low-level referees, um, including a guy who makes the most important call last night who's never had any professional experience. Um, These aren't SEC refs who've been around you know, NFL guys, multiple NFL guys on every team and speed of the game, and and most of those guys, a lot of them, are probably trying to get to the next level and and are are the top of the top refs.
0: And they don't want to cross the picket line, obviously. Right.
1: This is... uh, A multi-billion dollar operation uh, against 16 to 17 crews of seven to eight 35 to 50 year old guys who want a little uh, insurance on the back end um, want to be taken care of for for the job they do believe that their job is an important part of the that shield the NFL brand and it's obvious now more than ever um, you know, not just our game. There's multiple games where there's been some weirdness. Ours, probably a little bit more than any others, but um, it's it's obvious the stance the NFL has taken. And I find something very interesting, um, you know, the NFL statement here after our game. Um, I just want to read if you might just bear with me here on some of this here. They, they released a statement about what happened last night. They said, while the ball's in the air, Tate can be seen shoving, Sam Shields to the ground, this should have been a penalty for offensive pass interference, which would have entered the game. It is not called and not reviewable in instant replay. So they admit that the guy totally blows the call on the pass interference. However, they go on to say, when the players hit the ground in the end zone, the officials determined that both Tate and Jennings had possession of the ball. I call bull on that because they say officials. No, there was zero communication between them. There was zero communication between um, the guy who – was responsible for the first and twenty-five phantom pass interference call on Sam Shields, and the other referee who was responsible for uh, calling a offsetting personal foul against Greg Jennings for one-hand pushing Brandon Browner, who just punched him and thrown him to the ground. So those two guys have zero communication, zero eye contact. One of them is signaling, uh, you know, over his head, meaning uh, clock stopped, game's over. I'm about to signal a touchback, and the other from who knows what angle as he's looking at MD on top of Golden Tate and he's going to say that that's a catch by the receiver while MD has the ball to his chest, which is also usually the association with the simultaneous possession rule is that who has the ball on their chest first. And as the rule reads, which we've all probably read it at some point in the last 24 hours, simultaneous possession does not exist when one person, has the ball first, and the other player tries to put his hands on top of the ball, which is obviously what happened uh, in that situation. Everybody saw it. You saw the replay. But but it's just interesting, that the NFL, the way they were there. When the players hit the ground in the end zone, the officials determined that both Tate and Jennings had possession of the ball. Under the rule for simultaneous catch, the ball belongs to Tate, the offensive player. That's garbage, obviously. So it goes on to say, They're still covering their butt here. Replay official Howard Slavin stopped the game for an instant replay review. The aspects of the play that were reviewable included if the ball hit the ground and who had possession of the ball. In the end zone, a ruling of simultaneous catch is reviewable. That's that's not the case in the field of play, only in the end zone. So he could have reviewed whether or not it was simultaneous catch, which – is their last part of it. Referee Wayne Elliott determined that no indisputable visual as evidence existed to overturn the call on the field and as a result, the on-field ruling of touchdown stood. So Wayne, you're telling me you looked at that video, uh, which looked like you're only in there for about 15 15 seconds. You looked at that thing and and didn't see Golden Tate's right arm come off of the ball, whatever part of the ball he was grabbing or whatever part of md jennings he was holding on to with his left arm just barely underneath as md had the ball on his stomach and was on top of golden as golden was wrapping his arms around his back you're telling me that there was no video no indisputable visual evidence existed in that replay to overturn that call i mean come on wayne that, that's that's embarrassing so this this is just it, this is the nfl here they're they're uh, saying they should have called pass interference but they're saying that the refs got it right uh, in the end zone it's unbelievable.
0: Are they saying that the refs got it right, or they're saying that that's what the refs called and they couldn't do anything about it once they called it?
1: Well, it looks like they're saying the officials, so they're saying multiple officials who had no communication between each other.
0: Right, even though based on the reaction of the back judge.
1: I saw the back judge and was put my hands up because I thought we'd won.
0: Right. Um, so did you just get yourself fined?
1: I don't know. I, I think there's been a lot of people who've, who've said things, uh, either tweeted things or, or uh, have said things. I mean, this is—it's just getting—it's getting out of hand. So,
0: so before we talk about how you deal with this as a team, what do you think happens next? I mean, the question everyone's asking today is, did they finally reach the breaking point in terms of? Embarrassment of the of the tarnishing of the shield, which is a phrase that we've heard a lot of times, applied to guys like Johnny Jolly and guys that have gotten in trouble. Um, Have they reached the breaking point that you think you're going to see the regular officials coming back?
1: Mm, I don't know because from what I hear, they got to come in, they got to get the physicals, and because the network has uh, Thursday night games now, uh, it's going to be hard probably to get them in uh, by Thursday. If they do get a deal then it probably have to happen today and then get them all, you know, coordinated to the proper place. I'm not sure if we can get some done. And if they can't by Thursday, do they still do they allow those two teams who are playing Thursday to have replacement officials while the other everybody else who plays on Sunday or Monday has regular officials? I don't think they would, would they?
0: I don't know. I, I I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do because the point that a lot of people have made is that people aren't turning off the T V. People aren't stopping going to games. Now, Packers fans legitimately angry and saying... Yeah, there's would, six
1: of them protesting <laughs> out here on, on Lombardi, as I joke by. <laughs>
0: uh, I don't know if they're going to drop uh, DirecTV and stop watching the Sunday ticket or anything like that, though. So um,
1: that's, that's great for the NFL. They're still making money.
0: Right. Um, so what was... Can you kind of take us behind the scenes of the chaos after everything plays out the way it does. And do you think that it plays out the same way if that game's being played at Lambeau Field instead of at CenturyLink Field?
1: No. I, how did all those people get on the field? And, so, I mean, there's a mob scene over there. And we have a lot of guys going over trying to get people off because it looked like there was some sort of fight going on. I am um, I saw the back judge, and then I saw a touchdown call, and then I'm trying to see what everything's what's going on. I'm in disbelief. Um so I ended up going over and, t- and seeing Matt. And as I was starting to leave the field, uh, I, I just looked back and noticed there was some more commotion. We just had some more guys. So I went over to see what was going on, to either get our guys away because there was a fight breaking out, or to just, I mean, then I started hearing, you know, it was an interception, MD caught it. Um, that's what our guys were saying coming out of the pile, which was obvious that he did. Um, and so I was trying to get our guys away from there and then, you know, then we we're Is getting that before pushed back after you bump sideline. into, uh,
0: Mike Silver in the middle of the field? Yeah, trying to figure out what's unbelievable.
1: Happening? I mean, it's, you got a mob scene in the corner. Uh, no idea Mike Silver's on the field, but Mike's there and he, and we're both in disbelief of what's going on. Uh, I'd never, <laughs> it was unbelievable. It was just, it was chaos.
0: Um. What, what about once you guys get back to the locker room after the extra point, which they had to, like, send guys back onto the field to participate in? And
1: Yeah, that's the uh, ninth tiebreaker, point differential. Um, but it's happened before that uh, teams haven't gone back out there and you can just kick it or go for two or whatever. We didn't really care. But, oh. um, but yeah, the refs came back in and got kind of a rude welcome in the really? locker room. Yeah.
0: Um, so you get back to the locker room and – McCarthy does his press conference, and you guys are showering and getting ready to to leave. And then the TVs at CenturyLink Field, which are really nice TVs in that visitor's locker room, they haven't really upgraded those. I'm a little surprised that uh, they got the old-school square TVs. But I've never seen anything like that, where you guys are all kind of huddled around TVs watching it. Uh, What was that like to then relive it? Because there were some...
1: Well, I think as we all turned our phones back on, there were just, uh, you know, hundreds of text messages... Uh, when you combine all of them from people, just, you know, you got hosed, MD caught it. Um, so I started, as I heard some of the, the talk going on, I, I wanted to make sure I saw the play before my press conference, so I had all the information. Uh, so I was trying to get it on uh, on somebody's phone, and uh, I came, after my shower. I came back in the locker room, and, and the highlights were up on the TV. So, uh, And then we had, you know, most of the guys were in there watching that, and as they go through some of the plays from the the Walden roughing the passer interception, that's just bizarre. The first and twenty-five, inter, you know, pass interference on Sam, um,
0: which Sidney Rice laughed when he was asked if that was pass interference, and said, "If they call it, it is." I mean, he grabbed Sam's face mask.
1: Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, and then we watched the last play, and and with the super, you know, slow mo, uh, that the referees are supposed to have under the hood as well. Um, we watched that replay over and over, and uh, there was a lot of frustration.
0: Um, did you get everything off your chest that you wanted to now uh, that you didn't say last night? Because you were very short with your words. Was that strategic?
1: Yeah, I, I knew I had this great. I want to set up the radio show today for all the stuff. <laughs> you I are a to good say. teammate. <laughs>
0: um, so the other thing that happens then, and then we'll move on, uh, is. I don't know if the guys are on the bus or on the plane or still in the locker room at the time, but a couple of your offensive linemen uh, take to Twitter and give their unvarnished opinions, which uh, I couldn't retweet because they would violate my no profanity rule on Twitter. Um, is that going on on the bus ride to the airport, or is that is that what it was? Yeah,
1: yeah, I think it was uh, on the bus ride over. Uh, that's part of my no Twitter. Third the season policy. It's not that, so I don't put anything emotional on there because it's you know we put a lot in this game and I think that's that's most of the frustration. We put so much into this and we put our, our bodies our livelihood on the line um, and you you can't possibly tell me that um, the way things are going right now that um, you know player safety is being uh, held to the same standard it was. And the uh, just the integrity of the game isn't what it is, and we we put a lot in this. And we put our reputations in this. We put our our livelihood, um, our our families are invested in this, and uh, it's frustrating. Th- that being said, the the Twitter stuff is <clears throat> is uh, interesting. It wasn't as a, I mean those guys were obviously uh, upset about it as we all were, but uh, to see some of the tweets, <clears throat> you know, as, as we got back last night. And I got back to the house. I mean, it's hard to go to sleep after you. You got to kind of wake yourself up to drive home, and it's five in the morning. Um, so just reading some of the somebody compiled some of the Twitter stuff from last night, and, and I mean, it was Drew Brees and Arian Foster, and um, you had guys like Bubba Watson with funny, funny comments. Um, I got a, a ton of text messages from the um, you know, other quarterbacks in the league, um, you know, friends uh, in the entertainment business who watched the game, and we upset. And then, just you know, not to mention, just all my friends and family are just beside themselves.
0: Who was the uh, most surprising text message you got? Who reacted to that?
1: <clears throat> well, uh, I won't talk about a text message, but I will say that uh, Kerry Elwes was in the locker room, and he's obviously the uh, star from *The Princess Bride* and a good friend. And uh, it was actually I'm I'm watching funny I'm watching the screen, the highlights in the locker room. Uh, and I turn around, and then and there's Kerry. He's right there watching it with me. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that was fun to see him in there. But uh, which had been under different circumstances. But um, frustrating, frustrating day. But uh, you know, we'll move on. It, I think you know. Just my last point I'm gonna make on this is this. Uh, yeah, we have high hopes of making the playoffs, and uh, we wanted to now. But uh, you know, we like our team. We like our chances. If if we happen to get in a situation where. Um, you know where we get into playoffs, uh, but we're you know five or six seed. Uh, you know, is this game going to going to make a difference in the uh, in the home field advantage? You know, having the home field advantage, and you might just say, well, you know, you did it a couple years ago as a number six seed, and that's fine. But um, this week, I gotta understand that football is so much bigger than just what happens on the field. It affects uh, a lot of areas of life. And like I'm talking about, the economic impact that happens in Green Bay, I mean, you're talking about a city that if not if we don't get to host a home game, um, you're talking about a lot of money that's not going to come in this city. Um, and when you start thinking about it in those terms, uh, it, it affects economies of different areas. And in this economy, um, to have a game like that and the officials take away a win like that can directly affect certain communities, especially in Green Bay where you have – um, just such a tight knit bond between community and team, and and obviously the local businesses and hotels rely on us having home games
0: and some very unhappy owners. Mm-hmm. Um, I I asked this question of McCarthy, and and I know he didn't want to get into it last night, and maybe this.
1: So you can ask me because you know I'm in the mood to get in it.
0: <laughs> well, I don't, I don't, I didn't think it was a bad question. Um. In any way, can this galvanize you guys? I mean, pull you tighter? I realize it's silly to try and make lemonade out of this many lemons, mm-hmm. yeah. but is there anything in terms of motivationally or whatever that you can use this as, some sort of fire that it lights in any way, or is that just unrealistic?
1: Well, I think in the end you have to you have to remember that uh, as frustrating as it is that, you know, we lost last night um, and we got, you know, the calls that were made and the kicker ball on the two point conversion and all oh, the things we'll that happened last night. Um, you know, offensively, we didn't play very good. We, we struggled in the first half. We got some things going in the second half, but probably should have got more than 12 points last night. Our defense is playing incredible. Um, you know, up until the last drive, they had them in the low 100 and. What, 20, 30 yards for the game offense? I know we had at one point, I think some stat we had 40 to 6 in plays in the second half. Yeah, something ridiculous. Yeah, like but um, they've been playing great. So we have a lot to build on. Uh, we just have to figure out offensively kind of what our identity is going to be and, and move forward. Uh, in that in that fashion, because our defense is playing way too good right now for us to lose games like that.
0: John Gruden said after the game it was going to be a long flight home. You had to fly six thousand miles, which I don't think is accurate. Yeah. But it may have felt like six thousand miles. Are you a good uh, airplane sleeper? You I am. Really
1: I don't. many. I don't know who was sleeping last night. We weren't. We have a um, you know a group that likes to to play cards. Um, but uh, you know there was a lot of people checking their twitters all the way until the takeoff time. So we were kind of. You know, we were up for a while and obviously talking about what happened. I think a lot of us were still numb about it. Yeah. I mean, I know I was uh, after the game and on the bus and uh, just trying to talk to my friends. Um, yeah, I had a lot of friends from Portland uh, who came up, and uh, it was great to see them. But it's just its kind of uh, – I was just numb talking to them after the game because what do you say? I mean, you, you know, it's frustrating that I didn't play as well as I wanted to, and we didn't offensively, but um, still sort of won that game.
0: We'll uh, we'll talk about the offense, and we'll go inside the helmet. We'll look ahead to the Saints, and we'll uh, do our Ask Aaron questions. Of course, we have to do our D-list question from Drew Olson, which actually has to do with the flight, not the flight home, but Hmm. the flight there. Um, you mentioned that there's a group of you that likes to play cards. So yep. are you you playing cards the whole? Fl- I mean, that's a long. What is it? Three hours? Are you playing? We cards? like the
1: long flights because we get to play cards yeah. for a while. Is that?
0: So, I mean, are you watching a movie on your iPad sometimes no. on those? No, I say oh, yeah. I'd
1: say the majority of people are either sleeping, um, sleeping or watching watching a movie. And then there's a couple groups that play cards.
0: And then like. Take us inside the plane. Is it a, It's a really big plane. This was
1: a, an excellent plane. Um, it was an international. A plane that flies international. I think it was a triple seven, seven seventy seven. For people who know what that is, I don't. I just I don't, know the number. I don't of,
0: think I. I just. I can tell you how
1: it lays too. out. It has like the front. The front part is like these cubicles almost, uh, where you have your own like little, like little desk area it looks like, and, and a nice area to recline in. That's not where we sit. Um, and then you get <laughs> to the. Who sits there? That's the uh, coaches and, and uh, some Dignitaries. of the training staff and personnel guys. And then the next part is, uh, what was it, a 333 three, 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 three in the middle section. So okay. there's nine seats across. So it's pretty wide. And, and that's uh, well, all the. I don't know if they're guests of the board directors people on the board of directors and and uh you know the cops we take with us and our support staff and equipment guys and video guys and all those guys and at the end of that it's kind of where the players start and then the back is all players
0: okay and you get your own row.
1: uh you can yeah the back part is was a three 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 issue as well so the middle and the back was all three 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 but we uh you know we sit in the uh, on the edges of, of four different areas so we can play cards.
0: And who's in the card group?
1: Uh, John, Ginge, and Brett. And you? Yes.
0: And what game are you playing? Sheepshead. Wow, you are a Wisconsinite I
1: am. You know it.
0: Welcome aboard. We Euchre, will, uh, Euchre and head. That's it. Yeah, you're, you're assimilated now for sure, California guy. We will uh, continue with the program. We'll talk about uh, the K-Ball. About some uh, of the offensive challenges you faced. We'll go inside the helmet, we'll look at the Saints, and we'll do Ask Aaron. We'll do all those things next. This is the Aaron Rodgers Show. This is Tuesdays with Aaron. Here's Jason Wildey. God, ah, Nirvana as requested. Who do you want for next week from Fish? He's all over this stuff.
1: Mm, four non-blondes. I'm kidding. Don't don't put the 4 down blondes. How about Pearl Jam for next week, Fish?
0: All right. So there you have it. Um, Welcome back to the second half of Tuesdays with Aaron, the Aaron Rodgers show. Uh, Something that you brought up, which I guess is still a little bit referee-ish, was the K-ball thing on the two-point conversion. Mm -hmm. Now, there was uh, our friend Rob Domofsky from the Green Bay Press-Gazette is anti-two-point conversion any time before the eight-minute mark. Now, I think it was like 844 when that. Um, is the two-point conversion the attempt, the right call there? And explain to folks who don't cover the league and aren't familiar with the K-ball what issue the kicking ball has with uh, having that for a two-point conversion instead of an extra point.
1: I think it's 100% the right call. I think it's exactly. the right call late in the third quarter, um, especially the way that was going. Uh, we were moving the ball better in the second half, but I think you know to, to go up seven there would have been uh, a big advantage for us, um, and obviously the way the game ended would have been the, the, you know changed the outcome a little bit. Right. But um, you know the thing that I think that's most frustrating about it is that two plays before uh, I throw it uh, pass to Greg, it's ruled a touchdown initially, and they go back and uh, review it. As they're reviewing it, uh, I'm having a dialogue with the referee with one of the referees. Um, I believe he was the. Uh, the umpire, uh, and he's asked me what hash I wanted the ball on for the two-point conversion because you can, you can request either a right hash or left hash or the middle. So mm-hmm. I, I, told him in the middle. So they knew at that point we we're going to go for two if we scored. I uh, reverse the play. We run third down. I get the first down after a review, a bad spot in a review. We score on the next first down. We're obviously still going for two. Uh, there was a, plenty of time between the end of that play, and uh, and when the the. Uh, the two-point conversion happened. Um, now I didn't look down and see it was a K ball, but I'm about ninety percent sure it was either a ball of the Seattle Seahawks uh, or or a K ball. And I'm I'm more convinced it was a, it was a kicking ball. What happens is there's balls that are used uh, for kicking plays, punting and and place kicking plays, and there's obviously the balls that we get to use when we're on offense. And uh, and
0: there there's yours and there's the other teams.
1: Right. And, you know, different teams, uh, you're able to, because of the really the opinion of Peyton Manning and how he wanted um, to be able to have time to, to work on the balls and and get them scrubbed the right way, um, you know, they're different people like, like them at a different color or, you know, how, how good they were. I'm going to try
0: not to ask a sophomore a question about how you like your yeah, balls, but yeah, how, I I, how do you prefer yours to be broken in?
1: I, I like them to be well broken in. <laughs> Let me just put it that way. <laughs> but uh, I could tell right away when I caught the ball uh, that, it, that it was uh, it was a, it was not one of one of the one ones of that yours. we brought to the game. And uh, now, did that affect uh, for sure us getting it or not getting it? I, you know, we'll never know. However, I can honestly say that the ball did not come out out of my hand the way that a normal football would because of the slickness of those footballs. Um, And that's just uh, the facts, Jack.
0: <laughs> what about, uh, speaking of facts, you were the second highest scoring offense in National Football League history last year. And I, I understand it's a new year. um, And it's unfair to keep drawing that comparison. But you guys made it look so easy. And I know it wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. But now you've got four offensive touchdowns in three games, and that's just not what we've come to expect from this group. In the words of Vince Lombardi, "What the hell's going on out there?"
1: Uh, we're just, you know, we're we're kind of kicking ourselves a little bit. Too many negative yards plays. You know, too many, um, you know, sacks or lost yards on on runs or penalties. Uh, they're just it's really hurting us right now and and we're not cashing in on on opportunities. I think you know through three weeks the opportunities have been a lot less than we've had in the past there hasn't been a lot of you know guys running wide open we can hit for for long touchdowns. We've kind of had to work a lot harder to score uh, in most situations Um, and we just haven't made the most of the opportunities that we've had to to come up with big plays I obviously haven't played as well as I'd like to and, and not as well as I was playing through three games last year and um I have a direct impact on how we play on offense so uh if i can you know figure out what you know how to how to get this thing rolling personally i think we're going to do a lot better on offense
0: so how, how much of that is you feeling like you're not playing the way you're capable of and how much of it is when you're as productive as your offense is everybody and their brother is going to spend all off season trying to figure out how to decrease that productivity. I mean, that mm-hmm. that has to be at least part of it, does it yeah, not? It, it, yeah,
1: I think it's 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 got to. I mean, teams are um, playing a lot different than we've seen here. Um, I don't think there's been a ton of confusion, but uh, a surprise at uh, how soft most teams, you know, through three weeks have played against us. Now you, you say soft, you know, Seattle pressed a lot outside. Yeah, they did, but their, in, their interior guys are very soft. They gave up a lot of checkdowns. Um, they try to keep everything in front of them Um, we played chicago and they played cover two for the majority of the game we played the niners and they got deep with their safeties as well right Um, it's been a you know a lot of soft coverage and trying to get after me with four has, has been kind of the the recipe
0: let's go inside the helmet there's a few plays that we need to talk about there the the first one and it's more It's more of a general question based on what's happened the last three weeks. You guys, and I know there's different variations to it, so I know it's not the same play every time, but one thing that you guys were great about, you and Jordy connecting on your shot play, and again, within the variations, for those of us that aren't NFL quarterbacks, most of them look kind of alike, where you have a play-action pass, Sometimes it's out of personnel where they shouldn't be expecting a pass. Jordy goes down the field, and you had some big plays on that last year. It would seem that teams are diagnosing that and making it more difficult for you, and either you're not throwing it or you're throwing it and it's not connecting. Mm-hmm. Kind of take us through what's what, you, what you're seeing there.
1: Yeah, teams, teams are practicing that, and they know that's part of our offense. We've got a lot of variations of... Uh, throws down the field that we can do off of that similar action and we just haven't been you know haven't been able to hit them they haven't been uh haven't been there uh, we haven't really taken too many shots at that I mean we've we've tried a couple and tried a couple in the game and they'd uh they diagnosed them and covered them real well so um you know at some point those are going to be open we're going to be able to hit them but uh you know we're going to have to uh you have to find other ways to, to make big plays.
0: I know Mike calls the plays. I know how close you are with Tom Clements from his time as your quarterback's coach. But I also know how much Joe Philbin meant to you. We talked about it last week on this show. In any way, does not having him around have any impact? Or is it just coincidence that he's gone and your offense has had the challenges that it's had?
1: I think we should probably revisit that question later in the year. You know, and I say that with the utmost amount of respect for our guys and for Joe. Um, But Joe is an incredible coach, and and, uh, um, we need to, you know, we got to play better on offense. Um, But uh, everybody loved Joe, loved having him around here. I love Tom to death. You know, I've made no no bones about that. Um, You know, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. This is on us. This is not on the coaches. Um... You know, Joe was a great mind and brought out their offense. That's the only reason I say that. Um, but this is on the players. We haven't played good enough yet.
0: Um, speaking of being on the players, and I'm not asking you to assign blame to everyone for each sack, but what, I mean, big picture inside the helmet, what happened in the first half? I mean, how many of those are instances where, you maybe felt like you held on to the ball too long. Mm. How many of those are instances where you held on to the ball because there was no one to throw the football to and you didn't want to risk an interception? How many of those are ones you could have thrown away, and how many of those are situations where there's not much you can do when the other guy, you know, beats your guy?
1: Well, you know, just having not seen a film uh, yet because of my 5.30 a.m. bedtime, uh, what time
0: did you get up by the way if you went to bed at five
1: thirty uh about 10, 10.30. so you're operating i, about four I and woke a half up hour. the first time at about ten thirty and okay couldn't really move my everything was hurting uh, but uh you know i think it's it's a combination of of just um holding on to the ball at times a little long uh, not getting open breakdowns and protection and uh and you know we had uh, way too many of those. Last night.
0: Um, I you know We spent so much time because as media we latch on to things, and we latched on to the 2.5-second clock. So now it's all, well, that 2.5-second uh, clock, that would have gone off if it was down there on the field. I mean, do you feel yourself being any more indecisive or anything like that? I mean, I, I just, it seems like the popular thing to question is whether or not you know you're getting rid of the ball as quickly as as you've dealt it in the past and i know you like to get the ball out of your hand
1: quickly no i don't feel indecisive at all okay
0: um the other play that i wanted to ask you about i guess it's technically a sack but it's more about the slippery field um what happened on the one where you just sort of fell down
1: yeah the field was uh
0: did your destroyers desert you
1: i didn't wear them i did not wear them i was told that uh, I was, Uh-oh. I was, Scandal told, brewing. I was told that the molded would work better. Um, uh, literally my foot just, just slipped. It, it didn't, uh, it didn't catch the, the ground when I went to step and, uh, it was an embarrassing. Play. <laughs> uh,
0: worse than when the ball comes out the back, when you have a hit to your funny bone and you don't have feeling in your hand, or a lot that.
1: worse than that. That's
0: yeah. more, this yeah. was more embarrassing. Yeah. Um, Speaking – bad segue, but I'm a little bit surprised that the Saints are 0-3. That's got to be embarrassing for your friend Drew Brees and the way that team has started. Can Have you – obviously you just got back at 5.30. Look ahead to that game and how interesting it's going to be to see how that plays out given – you know, I, I had somebody joke to me today that it's the uh, Roger Goodell Bowl because you're both down on the commission right about now um, – how do you view the Saints coming in and and the trials and tribulations that they're experiencing?
1: Well, they're uh, you know, they're 0-3. They're coming off of uh, three tough three tough games where they probably haven't played as well as they wanted to, and uh, yeah, their backs are against the wall. That that can be a dangerous dangerous football team. We had a shootout here last year in the opening game, and um, you know we're gonna need a real good effort. Uh, on Sunday, because this is the opportunity to get to two and two and um you know it's it's you know we should be everybody knows we should be two and one right now, but uh you know the records are what they are at the moment, and um you know one and three would be uh would be really tough tough to deal with not that we couldn't come back from that you know in two thousand and four the team was one and four and finished nine and two and made the playoffs um you know, so Look at you, historian. It's been done before. Obviously. You weren't here yet. No, I know, but I, I know these things. I wasn't thinking about those things, but I know that that was one of Mike Sherman's calling cards. He's, oh, it doesn't, you know, that first year, he's like, it doesn't matter. Last year, we started one of four, you know, finished with one nine out of eleven. Yeah, you know.
0: it didn't happen in your rookie year, however. No, it
1: didn't happen, but uh, you know, to to be able to go. To, Go 2-2 two two with another home win would be a big thing for us and something we need to take care of.
0: So how does this week work logistically? Because
1: Tomorrow will be a little later. Starting Wednesday, usually we're in at 7. We're going to start a little bit later tomorrow because of the uh, the long travel, and that's kind of standard for uh, post-Monday Night Football. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday will be normal days. And I think we have a three the three-game.
0: So what do you do today? Like, usually Tuesday, by the time you come in here on Tuesday, you've already looked at a bunch of film of the upcoming opponent. Mm -hmm. I'll start
1: this afternoon. Okay.
0: Um, When you uh, look at the way the schedule has played out up until now, I mean, you knew that it was going to be Sunday, Thursday, Monday, Sunday, in these first four. Are you looking forward to the Sunday, 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 the rest of the way here? Is that, I I know you prefer Sunday. Is that from a commercial? I, it sounds like something they would say for like a truck uh, yeah. monster truck. Sunday,
1: Sunday, Sunday. I think it is. Yeah, I am looking forward to a normal schedule. I mean, it's been uh, it's been tough. I think, um, you know, they've, they've given us uh, tough schedule to start with, four tough opponents and and tough travel schedule. Um, but uh, you know, we feel like that we haven't played our best football as of yet, and um, we want to be playing the right way at the at the end of the season, but. In order to have a chance in the season, you got to take care of business early in the season. We got to do a better job of that this week. We're playing a real good opponent uh, with a uh, you know top tier quarterback, and uh, they're coming in here knowing they need a win to get back in this thing, and they don't want to. They don't want to be zero four, and uh, it's going to be important for us to have a good effort. Uh, but once we get this one over with, it's going to be nice to get back in a regular schedule.
0: One one last thing before we get to the ask Aaron questions. The um, I, I'm fascinated by because I don't want to say people questioned it, but you were very clear that once you left here after the playoff loss to the Giants, you got over it and you moved on. Today, you're probably angry, frustrated, whatever. How do you how do you put that stuff behind you and get moving forward? And is it always something that's come easily to you, or is that something you have to work at a little bit?
1: I think you have to work at it, but um, I think the thing that's going to really help is that um, it's hard to not still be numb about what happened last night i mean you read these comments that the nfl makes uh and then you just you you're running through that play in your mind and, and most of the people either listening or you know either you watch it last night you've seen the play and then just i cannot wrap my head around that uh but you you just know once once i start watching that that saints film it's going to be all about them and i'll have to talk about it tomorrow in my in my press conference obviously but
0: uh you think you'll be asked about it yeah, maybe.
1: But, uh, but no, once once we get past uh, that press conference, it's going to be easy to, to focus on the Saints.
0: All uh, right, let's get to Ask Aaron questions. We do have one in some way related to this. It comes from Matt. If you were on the opposite side of this, if you were Matt Flynn or Golden Tate or one of those guys, what would your reaction be, You think?
1: You have to consider yourself really lucky. Um and I would have applauded anybody last night who would have said anything to that to that effect. Anybody um, say anything to that effect? Not that I saw. Uh,
0: Robbie wants to know: How do you like having your playbook on iPads this year? How has it changed the way you prepare each week?
1: That's a great question. I, you know, being used to uh, you know having it in paper all the time and and taking taking notes the way that we do, I think it's changed for some people because you can take notes on your on your iPad. I have a a note section that I Always have opened up that I can type in, but um, I'm kind of um, in that respect. I'm I'm old school. I like to write everything down and and highlight things, and so I still have my notebook that I write my notes down in. And uh, it is it is nice though to have everything at your fingertips like that. And it's easy to use. We had a computer since I've been here, and that's been a nice thing to take home. But um, it's not as user friendly as the iPad is. So the iPad has been a great addition.
0: So you carry around. Both, you have like your little notebook. Yeah, I
1: got my little uh, my little bag. That, little trapper uh, keeper. Krabby makes fun of my baggie. He's he's a European man bag or something. Yeah. man He's always making fun of me about it. But yeah,
0: uh, Bert with a question about last night's game. He says the way the Packers controlled the second half is this the beginning of a more balanced offense for the rest of the season? You're a big Cedric Benson guy. Uh, do you see the offense evolving? from being pat maybe not not pass first as much anymore, but do you see things changing and more running?
1: I don't know. We'll see, I think as as things go on. We're gonna have to run the football though because teams are playing uh, so much uh you know, soft coverage. Um the run game has gotta be an important part of it. It's nice having Seth in there. Um you know, James Stark's coming back from an injury and Alex Green and we have a lot of backs who can who can run the ball, but Sed's been a great addition to our team and uh, we're going to have to find ways to score points. So if that means we got to run it more than we have in the past, so be it. Um, I'm about winning football games and, and doing what's best for the team. And if we got to run it more, then, then we'll run it more. Brett,
0: on a much brighter note from last night, FIFA 13 comes out today. Who's the best Rodgers brother and who's your team?
1: I would say definitely I'm the best. Uh, and Do all three of you play? Well, we we do. We have some some great games. I beat my little brother. Um, in our most recent matchup, uh, he's he's really good, um, and I actually pre-ordered it for him uh, at Best uh, at Best Buy, and so I'm sure you can go pick that up today when he's not watching his film. He's got one class, uh, down at Vandy, so he's got plenty of time. Wait, what? My little brother, yeah. You have to take at least one class, and uh, he's been very diligent with his studies.
0: So he's like. Way ahead, and all he's got is one class. He's a,
1: yeah, he's a fifth-year senior, yeah. Right,
0: because of his time at Butte. Yeah. Uh, How are things? We haven't talked about him lately. How's he? How are things? He's doing all right.
1: They got they got beat real bad last week, but he's he's doing all right. He played well.
0: Uh, This comes from Cheyenne. Um, My team and I admire your leadership. How can I coach my team more effectively when they're feeling discouraged? Now, we know the story about you taking that coaching class at Butte. Yeah. Um, that was a fun story coach to tell. Coach Critchfield. Yeah, that was a fun story to tell at the Super Bowl. Um, all right, Coach. What's your advice when things aren't going so well for <laughs> <know>. the team?
1: <laughs> Ask Mike. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I just, you know, what the thing that I go back to in these situations is, You have to continue to focus on the things that you can control. and it's.
0: Boy, I bet that's hard right about now. It
1: is tough. It is tough. That's probably the hardest thing because, you you know, you put so much into this and and to have it in the way it did yesterday uh, is difficult. But there's nothing that we can, you know, they're not going to change it, obviously. They're not going to really admit a whole lot of fault in it. So all we can do is move on, and uh, we have a new week of preparation. We have an opponent who's got an extra day on us uh, preparing, and and they're going to be coming here uh, desperate for a win. And we need to have that same type of of passion and and urgency that they're going to have coming in. So the the things we can control is getting back here and getting our preparation uh, where it should be and making sure that, we're ready to play Sunday because we haven't played well enough on offense to win games so far, and we need to do a better job.
0: Uh, Shane asks, "Did you and Clay have a bet on USC Cal? If so, what was it?" Now, last year, you had to wear USC gear
1: on a national interview. Yeah.
0: Um, now, rumor has it that you're a bet welcher. That's that's the reports I'm reading on TMZ with the boys to men guys.
1: It's absolutely garbage. And That's he, all I'm gonna say about that. That's absolute garbage.
0: Um, so I take it there was no such bet with Clay this time around, or?
1: No, no, I didn't want to make that bet. I didn't feel great about our boys.
0: How's uh, how's your buddy Jeff Tedford holding up?
1: Coach is doing. Uh, he's doing all right. I saw him this summer. Got to spend time with him. Love spending time with him and uh, Donna and and the boys who are not boys anymore. When I first met them, they were like a sophomore in high school and an eighth grader, and now they're. I guess they're old now. <laughs> <laughs> like twenty four and twenty two, or twenty five and twenty
0: three. Well, you're getting up there. Yeah. Um, and finally, our last Ask Aaron question comes from Jess. Uh, Halloween is a month away. Have you put any thought into your costume? You're you're a big Halloween guy. I'm
1: a you're big, not very good I'm about a giving out candy. up candy. I'm a big dress-up guy. I am. Okay. Okay. Let me just say this. With the candy, I put out a humongous bowl about three years ago, and with a note that said, "Take a couple." That never worked. No, it didn't work.
0: So now, but you were like hiding in your house
1: last time. I wasn't hiding. I had the, I had the lights off. If the lights are off. That means I'm either sleeping or I'm watching film or I'm just not going to come to the door. But I am watching you.
0: <laughs> that wasn't creepy at all. So have you put any thought into your uh, costume?
1: Not yet, but that's a good reminder because I, kind of, I, I want to bring something, bring something good. A few years back, I, I did one of the better ones. Ever me and uh, my Zach Galifianakis look-alike buddy, when is Dumb and Dumber? Papa, Papa. Yeah, when is the uh, Dumb and Dumber?
0: Well, you had that haircut in your youth. Were you Jim Carrey? Yes. Um, didn't you go as Tim Day at some point?
1: Last year, yeah, but it was it wasn't it wasn't. It great. wasn't
0: your best effort. Bad
1: effort, yeah.
0: All right. Well, you've got about a month to work on that. In the meantime, we've got another week of the. Tuesdays with Aaron, the Aaron rogers show, um, in the books. I really look forward to next week. Uh, do you foresee anything controversial occurring between now and then, or do you think we will go no? Back I, to think the Radians, I think the rating
1: I think the ratings are going to take a real big dip next week. <laughs> <laughs> they tuned in to hear something great, and probably were a little underwhelmed by you and your.
0: I'm sure they were underwhelmed acid. by me. They weren't underwhelmed by you, my friend. So that'll and, do it. And
1: Fish's music selections. So.
0: Well, he's got the four-nine four so all many, queued up so now. With so many
1: questions, there are so many songs of Nirvana to choose from.
0: You know, he's he's as sensitive as uh, as Ginge and John Kuhn, so That's now he's going to feel very bad about a lot. his selection. We will do it again next week. We'll talk about how things go against the Saints. We'll look ahead to whoever's next on the schedule. Indianapolis, you take it one game at a time, so you haven't thought about that. And we'll do your questions again with the hashtag Ask Aaron. This has been The Aaron Rodgers Show.